it may be just letting them know kind of your expectations. I like to be really upfront with these, especially as you change them up. Hey, you know, we're going to do this a little differently than what we've done before. I want to use part of this time to, to really get to know you better. And, and uh, especially because we're working remotely. So I'm going to ask you some questions we haven't been talking about before. That may seem different at first, but my, I, I'd really like you to use those to share with me what you're comfortable with sharing. I'm not going to force anything. I'm not going to force you to, um, you know, reveal your deep, dark secrets. But I do want you to, uh, to know that I want to know you. I want you to be somebody that really likes working here and that you can come to me with your concerns or with your ideas. Good morning, HR. I'm Mike Coffey, and this is the podcast where I talk to business leaders about bringing people together to create value for shareholders, customers, and the community. Please follow, rate, and review Good Morning HR on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or at goodmorninghr.com. More and more leaders are recognizing the need to connect with their individual team members on an ongoing basis to build rapport, give and receive feedback, explore ideas. And many of us have implemented one-to-one meetings with our direct reports on a weekly or bi-weekly or monthly basis. But my guest today says that these one-to-ones often miss the mark by becoming too transactional. Guilty. They fail to create a real connection between the leader and the employee or build any kind of employee engagement. Debbie Wagner is a learning and development consultant, excellent facilitator and trainer, and an executive coach. And I'll say we share a number of clients together, and it's always a, a, she's one of my go to referrals for training or coaching. She's also the author of The Connection Blueprint your leadership guide to a year of one-on-one meetings. Welcome to Good Morning HR, Debbie. Thank you, Mike. It's great to be here. So this is a really, really cool book, and it's a great idea. And we'll get into the content, but how did you even get into decide to write the book? So it's a, it's a story that I actually talk a little bit about in the intro of the book. In my you know, 25, 30 years of doing leadership development, I've become to just I've come to just really value great questions, and and so there were several different times when I was leading a, a a leadership session and I was talking to managers or leaders about um, questions they could use in these one to one meetings, and um, and one leader actually asked me and it, it stuck with me. She said, can, Debbie, can you just create for me like a box of like table topic cards? She said, I don't have time. I just, I, I come from one meeting into my one, one-on-one meetings and, and I'd like to do this, but I just don't have time for the prep. So that, and, and, you know, and years of kind of hearing stories like that really led me to say, okay, if we can just give leaders a tool that saves that time, they can just quickly identify a focus, some questions they can get so much more out of that time that they spend in those one-on-one meetings. Yeah, and, and I, I, I mean, the book's written for me because uh, I am, I'm, I'm pretty uh, serious about making sure we, we can. I conduct my one-to-ones with my direct reports every every week. 
uh, reschedule them if if I if we have conflicts or I'm traveling or whatever. We truly try to get them on the calendar and and, and execute on them. But then they turn into uh, okay. What's the status of your projects? What are you working on? What do you need from me this week? Anything unique? You know, and we you know we'll have our our, our senior team meeting on Friday, uh, anything you need before that or anything to prep for there. And, you know, for all I know, they could have had the best or the worst weekend of their life, mm-hmm. um, all mm-hmm. kinds of things. And if I'm not careful, I blow right through those and, and miss the opportunity to, you know, and I've got a, an amazing senior team and uh, love working with them. But, you know, I, I, there are a lot of opportunities there that I'm probably missing because I'm not, like you say, it, it, you know, I'm not prepared. It would be great to have, you know, some some agenda beyond the transactional stuff that we have to take care of. Mm-hmm. You know, make sure. But uh, and so that's what I I really like. And you've basically got here fifty weeks of questions, right? It's yeah. uh, it, it's you know, like I just happened to open a session twenty six. Peer relationships is the goal and. Discussion questions. What is one thing you were able to do to support someone else in the past few weeks? What's the most meaningful part of your job? When do you have the most fun at work? And then you've got what you, you're calling a leverage point. And mm-hmm. it's consider the, you know, and I guess this is for the leader to, to think about uh, perhaps in advance, consider the cu- culture of the team and how this employee positively or negatively impacts the culture, provide feedback to the employee about their own impact. And just going through the whole year, I can see where, and the things you've covered here, we really do cover the, the entire engagement, culture, uh, individual performance, and, and both giving and receiving feedback. It's a pretty, it's a pretty great idea. Um, how much, if we use a process like this, how much prep time is, should really be involved, do you think, for a, a manager? Well, as you know, that that always depends, Mike. I mean, they, you know, I start the book, if you remember, with just best practices. So, um, you know, first of all, kudos to you for having these regularly, because that's the, you know, that's the first piece is, is some leaders, they have them irregularly, or they say, well, I talk to my people all the time, we don't really need a separate meeting, or, um, you know, they tend to reschedule a lot. So, so that's, that's kind of the first piece. And then if you, you know, if you've established a pretty good cadence and if you've built that relationship, then honestly, probably maybe five or 10 minutes of of prep time, kind of thinking about what's going on, um, you know, what, what would be a topic that would be important to cover right now? And then one of the things I found really important to have in the book is the last part, which is the very last section is an index. So you can kind of be thinking about, well, what happened this week? What are some of the issues? You could go to that index and decide, um, well, we're really, you know, we're really behind on our, on our, meeting our goals. We're not getting work done the way we need to be. We need to focus on some time management or some prioritizing. So let me go to that section. Then let me look at those sessions like you, like you just outlined. And I can, I mean, just, just, just really quickly, I can find a, um, find a top, find a couple questions. Now the, the one other piece of prep that might be helpful is Depending on the, the the employee, the person you're you're discussing this with, um, 
if they're more introverted and like to think about things, then I think it's probably valuable to send them the questions, but rather than just throw them out in a meeting. Because if they're not prepared or you haven't done this before, that can kind of seem like, wow, Mike's always just been talking about what we got going on right now. And all of a sudden he threw this question about career development in here. What's going on? I got you. Is he trying to maneuver me out of the organization? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, anytime we do something different, they think, hmm, is this about me? Is there something going on? So so I do do think, or or even just if you start introducing these and you haven't, you say, hey, I'm going to change up the format a little bit of these one-to-one meetings. I'm going to bring in a couple questions that are a little more um, broad range questions, a little more thought provoking. Uh, Would you like me to just bring those in the meeting or would you like to have those ahead of time? So what do you think the ideal cadence or frequency of a one-to-one is? I think to me, it varies a lot on the the tenure of the employee, maybe the work you're working on right now. If it's someone that's uh, just starting a brand new employee, at least weekly, maybe even more than once a week. And so the, so chapter three of the book is actually for new employees and has specific sessions to just get to know each other. And, you know, that's kind of common sense. Sometimes, though, I've, I've had leaders that have looked at those and said, I've got somebody here for a couple of years. I've never asked these questions. I re- really should go back to those. Um, and then, then I would say an average of about every two weeks is probably realistic for someone that you've been working with for a while and you feel like you've got a pretty solid relationship. Um, if, if you've been working with someone a really long time, it could be monthly. So I don't think there has to be one cadence. Monthly is a little, you know, that's a little long. But, but sometimes I hear from leaders, my employees don't think they need one-on-ones because we work together so long. Mm. I say, you, you still need them, but maybe it's not as frequently. And, and so I, th- I think you can adjust that and then just check in periodically and say, how's it going? Are we, are, are we staying in touch? Are you, you know, are you being heard? Am I, am I being able to get the insight that I need to, to, for us to really stay connected? Any other tips, uh, practical stuff around the one-to-ones around uh, where we hold them, um, things around, you know, um, you know, certain times a day, anything like that that you think are uh, things that that make them more, more, you know, more conducive to actually building, you know, rapport and, and engagement? Well, I had a leader once that had, this was actually a staff meeting, but he would have that at 7 a.m. Monday morning. Don't do that. <laughs> Nobody wants to be at the office at 7 a.m. No, on Monday morning. No, I don't think, I don't think that's anybody's really favorite time to really be on, you know, give you a little time to kind of warm up for the day and the week. But uh, other than that, the, you know, there's a couple of things to keep in mind is sometimes changing it up. You know, you know, it definitely doesn't need to be, if we're, if we're back in face to face, it doesn't need to be in your office all the time, you know, maybe go to where they're working or go to lunch or go for a walk. Or uh, I had a, had a leader one time that told me, he was actually uh, in sales and he was traveling a lot. And he went to, I remember he said he went to Colorado to have a one-on-one with one of his sales leaders and they went to breakfast and they spent the whole time 
talking and never actually talked about work. And his, his sales leader left that breakfast and said, that's the best one-on-one we've ever had. Oh, so yeah. So they connected. They understand. Yeah. And that's, so you mentioned the face-to-face. What about, you know, I, you know, I hear in one moment, in, in, in one breath, everybody says everybody is zoomed out. We're all tired of, tired of virtual. Uh, and then in the other breath, I hear nobody wants to go back to the office. And so um, I think it's, it's there's uh, some dissonance there. But uh, what about doing these if we're all remote? What about doing any, anything unique about doing uh, one-to-ones virtually? Well, to me, I think that's a place where video is is really powerful and really helpful. Uh, you know, and it was really interesting because I ended up, the, the, this book actually came out fall of 2020. And who would have known, you know, that timing on this was 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 so valuable because there were so many leaders that were, um, you know, maybe doing one-on-ones, but they were in person and then they had to go to a remote format. And I have a section in here on virtual, virtual one-on-ones. So in, in that situation, I definitely think video is powerful. I think, you know, some of the Zoom fatigue comes from those sessions where you got 20 people on Zoom and that, you know, the, I don't think those are all that effective, but a one-to-one, you know, just, just like, just like you and I are getting a chance to now, uh, that's really powerful. And we can read some body language. We can kind of tell how, really how someone's doing. It's not as good as face-to-face, but it's probably the next best thing. And with so many of us, I mean, uh, you know, we we're remote, we're staying remote and I will, I rarely physically see my team. And so we've got to get better at, and I think it, I think the virtual, especially the first 12 months of it made it easy for me as a leader to slack off a little bit on the personal connection side. Uh, I mean, obviously there's a lot going on and uh, it, we, none of us were comfortable to having those video conversations like that. So it was easy. And I think I, you know, and, you know, definitely need to work on getting back to, you know, cause if it was a, an off, you know, if we would do our one-to-ones in the office, we'd be sitting comfortably, we'd be visiting with each other and it, there would be a lot more format, you know, and a lot, a lot less formality, maybe and a lot more, you know, personal engagement one-to-one. And now uh, I definitely see that in, in, in my practice of it, it's, it's, it's become a lot more, you know, not nearly as, as deep, and uh, and for all I know, my employees don't want to get that deep with me. I don't know, but uh, they, uh, you know. Well, the other the other nice thing, Mike, I just add to that because I I actually had a had a Zoom meeting this morning with a um, with a, a a client, and uh, she was home with two toddlers that were sick, and one you know one came running through. It was you know it was the Zoom background, so I couldn't really see it, but she said he didn't have a lot on. <laughs> he was three years old. And, and, you know, I think the nice thing is that, you know, we've really made that okay, where it used to be, boy, if you're on video, you know, it's got to be everything just, you know, just, just so formal. And, and that allows us to be people. You know, I really was like, hey, that's okay. Take five minutes, take care of him. You know, he wants his mommy right now. He's not feeling well. And, you know, that's connection too. Mm-hmm. Allow, you know, get knowing that, allowing people to have that. I think I think it's a, that's a little thing, but it's a big thing. And let's take a quick break. Good Morning HR is brought to you by Imperative, premium background checks with fast and friendly service. 
If you're an HRCI or SHRM certified professional, this episode of Good Morning HR has been pre-approved for one half hour of recertification credit. To obtain the recertification information, visit goodmorninghr.com and click on Research Credits. Then select episode 44 and enter the keyword connection. That's C-O-N-N-E-C-T-I-O-N. And if you're looking for even more recertification credit, check out the webinars page at imperativeinfo.com. I have 10 hours of recorded webinars, each approved for an hour of recertification credit by both HRCI and SHRM. Three are even approved for HRCI business credit and one qualifies for ethics credit. You can access all of these webinars for free at imperativeinfo.com. And now back to my conversation with Debbie Wagner. Is there anything we should avoid in the one-to-one? Is this like a sacred place where we only do connection stuff and we don't talk about performance issues, for instance? Or mm-hmm. is there anything like that? Or do we? Or, or is it okay to talk about performance issues in the one-to-one? It, it definitely is okay to talk about it because I think it's one of the best places for feedback. You know, you if you kind of create that format where there's feedback both ways, you're asking your employees, you know, what could I do better to be, you know, help you with, with, uh, actually one of the questions I looked at recently was, um, was time management. And the, uh, the question was, uh, what am I doing to get in the way of you being able to work on your top priorities? That's, oh, wow. That's a pretty a powerful one. question to ask someone to share with their with their manager, right? So I think if you can, you know, if you can be asking for feedback and also giving them feedback, it's one of the best ways to do that. What I would avoid is, uh, and I've I've seen this before, is never using video until you need to have a difficult performance discussion. So all of a sudden, Mike's turned the video on. Ooh, I must be in trouble, right? Right. Oh, wow. So yeah, that makes sense. Thinking about your, using your technology regularly, not just when it's, gee, something's going bad or there's a, there's a problem. Um, so I think, I think that's kind of one of the key aspects of it. And then, you know, other than that, I think it's, you know, it's effective, effective feedback skills, making sure you're, you're allowing time to listen, to hear their perspective, you know, a lot of the focus in here, just as through all this, these sessions, is asking really good questions. So you're not just, you know, building a case and kind of presenting that as here's everything I know. It's here's something I've I've become aware of. And, you know, this is concerning in terms of our, our service to our customers. Tell me what's going on from your perspective. That's interesting because I just completed a, an investigation for a client Uh and uh, it was a complaint against a manager and all the feedback from everyone on her team was that they always felt like she was building a case mm. against them. And so, and, uh, and I think she's not as good at building rapport and engagement. And I don't think that was necessarily her intent, but that's what it felt like was, you know, it, everything had to be tab A and slot A. And it was very, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a real challenge. And, um, so, well, what about, I've got a, you know, I say an office, it's a virtual office now, but I've got a, a whole bunch of employees who 
because of what they do, they're ideally suited to do what they do, but they're all introverts. Mm. And so I throw it out there. So tell me what's going on in your world or whatever. Oh uh, yes, uh, I I I had a weekend, and that's it. You know, I, you know, it's like pulling teeth. How much do you push? How much? Uh, you know, how do I make it a, you know, a more engaging, you know, but safe space? Uh, you know, I don't want to. I don't want all, all. You know, I don't want them to tell me anything they don't want to about their personal lives. But but how do you get them to to feel uh, more or to be more open? Or is that just hey, this is this person's behavior pattern, and and we 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 roll with it? Mm, well, I think you've, you know, you've. You've led your team for a long time, Mike, and you you kind of know that, you know, it's getting to know that person and, and know know to some degree because for some for some it's for some it's comfort level with you because they've may have they may have never had a manager before who's really wanted to get to know them as a person. And so they're like, well, gee, I don't I'm not sure what's expected here, what what I should be, what I should be sharing. And so so it may be just letting them know kind of your expectations. I like to be really upfront with these, especially as you change them up. Hey, you know, we're going to do this a little differently than what we've done before. I want to use part of this time to, to really get to know you better. And, and uh, especially because we're working remotely. So I'm going to ask you some questions we haven't been talking about before. That may seem different at first, but my, I, I'd really like you to use those to share with me what you're comfortable with sharing. I'm not going to force anything. I'm not going to force you to, um, you know, reveal your deep, dark secrets. But I do want you to uh, to know that I want to know you. I want you to be somebody that really likes working here and that you can come to me with your concerns or with your ideas. Yeah. On the flip side, what about that employee who's an oversharer? <laughs> if you say, you know, how was your weekend? I may be 15 minutes still listening later, the, you know, to... To, you know, in, in much more detail than I ever wanted, probably, and as you know, as the HR guy who happens to own the company, a lot more than I want to know. Sometimes, uh, you know, it's a uh, um, how, how do you deal with that? Do you just roll with it and, and say okay, or, or do we put up a process in place to uh, to kind of put some boundaries around that? Well, I think I think that's uh, again kind of where you are in the relationship. But it's interesting because I think that is something where there may be a need for some coaching for for someone like that. And I'm finding, especially people, um, employees just entering the workforce, that they don't always know, you know, with social media and everything being shared in those, uh, those forums, they don't always know what's appropriate and not appropriate. So I think the the first place I'd probably start is is just sometimes the uh, the coaching around um, you know how much information they share just in terms of time, and mm-hmm. you know so you you start seeing a trend that they're taking you know they're taking thirty minutes of your hour to tell you things that aren't as aren't as important as some other things, uh, you, then then just say hey I'd just like to reflect on something I've been noticing and I'm just mm-hmm. I'm I want to help you in your career. And I want you to, to recognize how, you know, how you come across, how this might impact others, um, not just for us, but for just for you, but really for you long term. And so you might think about the times when it's helpful to be more concise. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, 30 minutes into the hour. How long do you, you know, this is uh, jumping back, but how long, what's a, a good 
time length for a one-to-one? I mean, are these 15-minute conversations, 30-minute conversations? What do we book out on the calendar? I would say most of the time, probably 30 minutes to an hour. Um, that's I think that's a pr- pretty pretty good amount of time. You know, I'm, I'm working with some clients right now. I'm working with a security company in Austin, and they're implementing these with security officers. And we're calling it a 10-minute check-in. So, you know, that they're not going to sit down for 30 minutes. They've got a job where they've got to monitor all the time computers and things that are going on. So I think there's a place for certain roles where it's like 10 minutes. But I think for most administrative roles and leadership roles, probably 30 minutes to an hour is, is, uh, is, is really a good time frame. If we've never done, if I'm in an organization where we've never done one-to-ones, where that's not been a practice, um, you mentioned a little bit about just saying, hey, we're going to try some new stuff. What would be a, a process for a manager to, to build some competency and some skill around this um, so that they, you know, that they don't just torture all their employees as they figure it out? Mm, that's, that's, that's a good question as well. So I think, um, I think you know, just starting to, to, to schedule the time and then probably just using some of the new employee sessions, definitely reading through the best practices and, and, and really working on that skill of getting comfortable just asking questions. So I'd probably just start really, really simply with, you know, hey, what, what are some things you like to do after work? Or what are you enjoying most about your job? Keep it to maybe one question at a time. And really listen, respond to that. I've, I've had leaders, too, do this really well. And they ask the questions. But then they, I, I had one leader where I actually had a chance to observe him. He would ask great questions, but then when the employee res, would respond, he just sat there. No feedback. No, yeah. You've got to kind of engage. You know, this has right. to be two way. But um, I, I think I think that's I think that's probably a good way to start. And then just take the pressure off and say, "There's no, there's no one way you have to do this. Be yourself." But also just recognize this is you getting to know them and them getting to know you. What about taking notes? I am, I'm, I'm horrible with details. I, and I'm one of those people, you can tell me something and I fully understand it, fully grasp it right now. If you ask me 30 minutes for some of that detail, I'm not going to remember it. Uh, but when you start asking, you know, start getting on, you know, more one-to-one level, personal level stuff, and I'm taking notes, it kind of goes back to that idea that maybe uh, I'm building a case or I'm doing, you know, uh, you know, and maybe I'm, I'm maybe that's me as the extrovert reading the room full of introverts wrong. But, uh, the, you know, is that a concern or should we take notes or what do you, what, what are your thoughts there? So I, I think it's a it's a best practice to take notes because one of the ways you build trust with people on your team is by following up on things they ask of you. Mm-hmm. And often in this in in these sessions, there's 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 action items for you. There's also action items for them. And if someone's not taking notes, they get lost. And then it starts then then it starts looking like you know we're kind of just, Mike's just kind of checking the box. He's really not serious about about this time we spend together. Um, so I would just tell him I want to make sure I don't forget any of my action items here. So I'm going to take notes of those. And, and, and have it really be focused mainly on that. Another way to, to, to do this, which is, I, I love this approach, and I think a, a leader shared with, this with me, is ask them to take notes and recap it in an email to you. Mm. 
Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. So that, yeah, that's, that's interesting. So, um, but either way, take notes, even what if that's like, you know, they're, uh, you know, they share, yeah, I went to go see my aunt dot, uh, and, in the hospital, in the hospital this weekend and, and, you know, she's had hip surgery. Does it seem performative or too, I don't know, uh, mechanical, I guess, to, to say, you know, to write down Aunt Dot Hospital, you know, hip surgery so that I remember next time we talk, how's your Aunt Dot? And because it, it sounds like, I mean, it just seems like, oh, he's writing it down so he doesn't care. Uh, and maybe it's just my own shame for not remembering stuff like that. You know, I'll, I'll say, yeah, she had somebody in the hospital. What was that about? You know, two weeks later, I may not recall the details. Do you write that stuff down too? I think you can if it's if it's something you don't remember. And I think you know the the main thing is to just become comfortable with the fact this is a time I take notes. So if you know what you never want to do, and I've said this in performance reviews or feedback sessions, is you don't want to you know not be taking notes at all and then only write down either the personal or you know something they share that's kind of extreme, and you're like, oh, hmm. You know, uh, where they're so like, suddenly you're taking notes. So yeah, so that's yeah, it, yeah, yeah. If if they see so you never take notes, and then all of a sudden you do that, and it it seems like hmm, maybe I said something wrong. That's you don't want it to be that way. So I'm I probably overdo the notes, but that way it just becomes part of the rhythm of it. And then I have to go back and try to read my handwriting, which is right. sometimes a little challenging. But then I can glean the key things that I want to want to get to get out of that. And of course, as you see in the in the in the the actual book, um, it's got a place for notes. Now, if some people do that electronically, like on OneNote, I've got one client. We really talked about how you make sure you just kind of keep a file in OneNote, and and there you've got each employee kind of key things discussed each date that you have a meeting. Okay. And I'll say you mentioned the new employee section. Um, and I've, I pulled a couple of those questions. We're in the process of hiring right now and that are going to be interview questions that just give me some feedback. You know, uh, the one that, that really struck me was uh, how do you like to receive recognition? Mm. And I mean, I think that's a really insightful question. You know, we use behavioral assessments in the whole nine yards, but I think it's a really insightful question to say, Okay, that tells me right up front, as far even as close as making the offer. I mean, that's you know, if uh, you know, does this person you know, I, I'd really just prefer uh, you know, uh, a, a quiet email, or I'd like to be celebrated in front of the whole or in, in front of the whole group, and uh, and those are very different approaches to people, and uh, I can see where uh, in the interview process that gives us something to talk about that give some insight into how that person relates to other people and, mm -hmm. and gives me a clue as a leader, how I'll have to modify maybe my own behavior uh, to really, you know, be successful leading this person. Yeah. Yeah. The other, the other thing, just to, just to make sure you noticed in that, in that new employee section, I've got checkpoints along the way. And so there's a 30 day checkpoint. Some of these are for, for you to actually ask the employee. And some of them are more for just kind of checking yourself to see how things are going but I love the 30-day checkpoint because it, it it is with a new employee asking them, okay, is there anything we promised you mm. that we haven't met that expectation on that? You know, have, yeah, have we said yeah. everything we said we would do? Wow, what a good time to find that out rather than them going, mm, this isn't what I thought it was. 
Right. And we're hearing that right from the during, you know, that there have been a couple studies out now, at least that said a lot of the people who've changed jobs in the last year are not happy with their change. And, you know, the grass wasn't greener or it wasn't as it was presented or as they expected anyway. And if you let that, that, you know, that little tinder, you know, just smolder back there and get hot and hotter and hotter. And next thing you've got a wildfire and, uh, and it may be too, too late to, f- to fix the damage. So that's a great question. Um, and that might be a, yeah. And I could see uses for that, uh, in, a, in, in an interview too, not about the company, but, you know, tell me about a time you've been, you've been disappointed by a, you know, in, you know, by a promise, uh, in, in, you know, or a, a expectation in the workplace. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. The other question on that is, has, have we done anything that's made you think about leaving? Oh yeah. That's yeah. So you're doing basically a stay interview. Yeah. Yes. That's great. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. What do you, yeah. That's, that's 30 uh, days going, okay, where are we right it. now? You know, how can, oh, yeah. can we address some things that might already be, be, be smoldering there and, and make sure that this is a long-term relationship. What about skip level one-to-ones? Do you have, uh, do you have many clients who, who do those sort of things? I do. I do. And they're, they're, they're really valuable, especially you know, when you've got a culture well, of open yeah, doors. Tell us what they are. Yeah. Tell us what they are first. Yeah. Then, yeah. yeah. So, so they would be, um, Mike, if you're, you've got a management team, then that would be the employees that work for the managers. So mm-hmm. you're running a company, you've got managers or supervisors under you, then the, that next level of employees. And that would be then meeting. And that's probably less frequently. So maybe monthly or, or could be even quarterly, you know, depending on the size of your team, the size of the business, but having a one-on-one with, um, with them just to make sure you're checking in, you're establishing that relationship. And I think many of these uh, sessions and hearing these questions would, would really work well for skip levels. Yeah, and give you a, a sense of the broader organization, or you know, and and what's what where people's heads are in different areas. Yeah, uh, I, and that's something pre-COVID and probably during COVID, the beginning of COVID, I was I was good about at least I just it was a goal once every six months to at least have a an intentional one to one, and. I need to get back on that track too. So if any of my employees are listening, get ready. You're going to start getting calendar <laughs> invites. Debbie's convicted me. That's good. That's good. And that's all the time we have. Thank okay. you for joining me today, Debbie. You're very welcome. I enjoyed it, Mike. And thank you for listening. You can find previous episodes, show notes, and contact info for our guests, including where you can download her book, The Connection Blueprint, at goodmorninghr.com or on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. And don't forget to follow us wherever you get your podcast. Rob Upchurch is our technical producer, and I'm Mike Coffey. As always, don't hesitate to reach out if I can be of service to you personally or professionally. I'll see you next week, and until then, be well, do good, and keep your chin up.